Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Writers at RVFTA.com. And the authors of The Idiot's Guide to RV Vacations. About 10 years ago, we had a couple of babies and a marriage that was on the rocks. So we bought an RV and we started camping. The rest, as they say, is history. Join us as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We'll also keep you dialed in to the latest RV innovations from people in the know. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, we just want to give you five quick but important reminders for winterizing your RV. I'm not going to go to a step-by-step through every bit of the process, but we want to give you kind of some big picture things that you need to think about that can be really helpful. But before we do that, we need to thank our sponsors, Truma and Thetford. Thetford is the industry expert and innovation leader, and they've made RV travel a more pleasant experience for over 50 years. To see a complete lineup of products, visit thetford.com. And Truma. Truma is a global leader in comfort technology, and they're bringing comfort on the move to North American RVers with the revolutionary on-demand Truma AquaGo, which can swap out any 6 to 16-gallon RV water heater. Which is almost all of them. And let's say this, they are very easy to winterize. And we know that from firsthand experience. We were petrified at first, right? Like fancy new technology. What's this going to be like? It was easy peasy, a simple video. We were able to do the whole thing. Water tank to bypass, either. right? And then on top of that, I'll add now it was also easy to dewinterize. Again, we were petrified. Oh my gosh, is it going to work again? We dewinterized, turned it on, and it worked. It's basically, we put the filter back in. <laughs> Simple as that. All right, so you don't have to worry about sort of any of that maintenance stuff. I feel like with Truma products, these things are engineered and designed one hundred percent with quality in mind. All right, now you ready to dive into our quick tips? Yeah, and last year we did a really thorough Mm -hmm. episode about winterizing your RV with Mark Polk. Now, we're going to link to that in the show notes. So over at the RVAtlas.com, we will link to that both blog post and podcast. Right. So if you want even more detail on the winterization process, if you're a newbie, Mark Polk is the expert on these things. But here's just some kind of some quick tips, because like in our Facebook group, you're seeing people pick pictures of people like putting in the pink drink of death and everything. There's just some things you need to think about along the way. We've come, we've, we've kind of developed these tips based on the mistakes that most people make. And a lot of them are first time people who know that to winterize simply means really to take the water out of the system, but, and put in antifreeze, RV antifreeze. But if you're only taking the water out and putting in RV antifreeze, you're ignoring really the more important part, which is proper storage of the RV. And that's kind of what a lot of these tips lend to is things we see people kind of get in trouble with over the years on social media. And we always hear these stories at RV shows, too, from people that come to our seminars and tell us their horror stories. Ironically, (laughs) the first tip we want to give you is that your rig can still be used after it's been winterized. I think a lot of newbie RV owners think that once it's winterized, they can't camp anymore. But we learned pretty quickly that a winterized RV can be used. I mean, obviously, you need to have campgrounds or boondocking locations. Mm-hmm. But there are, even here in the Northeast, in the cold climate of the Northeast, there are some year-round campgrounds. And there are some campgrounds that stay open past the traditional date when most of us winterize. Like here in New Jersey, I always think of like October 31st. 
31st is winterization yes. time. There are still places to camp. I mean, Delaware State Parks are open. There's places out in the Poconos. Cherry Hill in DC. So right we just simply bring our own bottled water and we bring a Thetford porta potty. Yes. And then use the bathhouses <laughs> as they are available. Yep. True. So it's don't true. look at your RV as shut down for the winter. Look at your water and plumbing systems as being shut down for the winter. Now, I will also add one more thing about that. Some more experienced RVers, and we do not do this, but a lot of people in our Facebook group do. So if you want to talk to more about this, you can go over there and ask some questions. We have people in our Facebook group that dewinterize for trips south a in the winter. Really. They really do. We, they talk about it all the time. Like, So for example, they might live in Michigan, but they head down to Florida in January, and they will take a winterized trailer down. They'll dewinterize for their trip because really... Really, if it's just talking about the water, it can take you 10 to 15 minutes. And then they re-winterize and bring it back. And some people, if there's a mild weekend and they have that state park that stays open, they'll just, you know, uh, de-winterize and winterize again just for a little weekend (laughs) trip. So that's another way to look at it. That, That could be one of your RV goals, right? Another thing to know is you don't need to panic if a cold night shows up before you're prepared to winterize. It just takes you, it always takes me by surprise sometimes that first cold night, I'm just busy and not looking at the weather. Early we, November, we're we, like, oh, we do, it's gonna freeze. Uh, if occasionally we'll just run the heat in the RV, uh, we'll put it on low until the next day or two days later or whatever. It's not a perfect solution, but it's a doable solution if you get stuck. And I think that if you have no water in any of your tanks, it's a perfectly fine solution to get through a couple of dips in temperature. Another tip too, and we say this at RV shows, if you don't want to do this yourself, you can pay somebody to winterize your RV for a hundred bucks. You can also maybe throw them an extra 20 bucks and ask them to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's there's really nothing wrong not... with having professionals do it, too, but it is a pretty simple process. Look, changing your oil in a car, a lot of people were taught how to do that when they were a teenager, right, by their dad or whatever. And some people, like, swear that's how they save money. They change the oil in their own car. I would rather sit there and drive to an oil change spot. I worked at a gas station. I know how to change oil. I'm never going to change my own oil. I don't want to do that with my spare It's just time. not efficient. <laughs> no. And there are, look, there are times we're so busy working on a magazine article or something like that. I call my mobile guy I'm like come come and winterize it you yeah. know I'm, I'm i'm out of town or whatever it might be another tip is see if you have a mobile rv guy in your area it is great particularly once you're out of warranty to develop a bit of a relationship with a mobile rv person that can come right to your driveway and do the winterization or, or just come and do whatever um, repairs you don't feel comfortable doing all right so now let's dive into our actual extra tips for winterizing that people maybe sometimes overlook and sometimes get into trouble. Are you ready to go? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is like you have to get everything out of the trailer. It should almost be like a trailer sitting on the lot at an RV dealership for sale. I mean, you have to get all the water out. That's the most important thing because it can do serious, serious damage if you don't. But you also need to get anything out that might have a single crumb of food in it. You need to clean the cabinets out. Hmm, what yeah. could happen if you leave shampoo? I in the- left. Well, I, you know what? You it's have- not you. I did, I'm just as responsible for that I as you I feel like are. it was me. I think over the years- Who you knows? Pers- we left a bottle of shampoo in the medicine cabinet. I do not. The whole RV was emptied. 
except for this one <laughs> bottle of shampoo. This was years ago in our white house. And it like expanded, Banded, exploded, contract, expanded. contracted. It destroyed our medicine Because it leaked down and basically by spring when we reopened up, it had like um, basically like like eaten away at the it entire medicine cabinet. And it had cabinet. soaked into the wood and then yeah. expanded and expanded contracted. And contracted. And, you know, we had to get a new medicine cabinet. <laughs> so really all liquids for sure need to be out of your RV. But we really recommend Okay, if you have um, anything that's fragrances, sometimes people leave like cleaning products or things like that in an RV. Fragrances can attract certain pests and vermin, as I like to call them. And also, some people leave their towels or blankets or pillows in the RV over the winter, and those provide the perfect place for little critters to make nests and get all warm and cozy. So even though it seems nice to leave stuff in your trailer – I highly recommend getting bins, Tupperware bins, load them up, snap them shut, and put Gives them in storage. Gives you a fresh start in the spring, too, to start out with a clean RV. The other thing I really recommend, and this also comes from experience, don't leave your camping grills and your camping griddles in the RV for the winter. You don't want to leave a Blackstone out there. You don't want to leave your Weber Q out there. You might think it's clean and doesn't have food on it, but an animal might think differently. The smells, yeah, of grease and everything. They're so I to. actually winterize my grills and griddles. Like I pull them out of the RV. I clean them really, really good. And then actually, this might sound crazy, but I think it's a great tip. I bag them up if I'm not going to use them. So our Weber Q, I will put in a garbage bag and tie a garbage bag because mice like to find their way into those mm-hmm. things. They really do. Now, you sh- if, you, if you've joined the Blackstone craze or have some kind of griddle and you pull that out of the RV and put that in storage for the entire winter, it could get rusty. So that is something actually if you store it in the garage, every month you might want to take it out and use it or give it a little oil or something like that. So you got to take care of the cooking equipment too. All right. So number two, uh, we just mentioned- I think we're on like number six. I don't know. So our, our official tips, right? We started out with our preamble of just like extra information. So our first one is get everything out of the trailer, really, just like or the RV, I should say. Just empty it out. The second is don't rely on Facebook for pest control strategies. Or anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Probably or anything in life. That's not true. There's some really helpful stuff. But pest control seems to be one of the things that Facebook fails the worst at. So, for example, if you ask in any RV group, right, people are going to tell you to put Irish spring soap. They're going to tell you to put peppermint oil, all these weeds to, to keep mice away or things like that. And we have heard so many examples of people that have tried those strategies and they've failed miserably. Those are like strategies from like Ben Franklin's uh, RV Almanac. In fact, there's like somebody that like showed me at the RV show last year, like their Irish soap with like mouse poop all over it, are like you with like scratch marks in the you Irish never told soap. Me that. Oh my god, it was. They so showed f- you a picture. Of yeah, it. yeah, okay. yeah, of like the scratch. Well, they didn't For bring a the second, Irish I soap. thought they brought the soap. Oh my bed. god, hey, people, that person, I would have had them escorted you know, away honestly, from the RV there's show. There's some interesting people at RV shows. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, here's the thing. Mark Polk talked a lot about this last year. You need to stop the pests from getting in your RV in the first place. That's the most important thing. So going around the RV and looking for any of those places where like the hole for the pipe is a little bigger, right, than the pipe, and you can kind of see daylight out of it, you need to stop all that up with like that insulation foam, or you can use, um, what did we used to use when we lived in poor apartment buildings? Those pads, those uh, scratch pads, cleaning pads. Brillos. (laughs) Brillos. Brillos. <laughs> there we go. The Brillo pads, right? Stuff that in there. That'll keep the mice out. Duct tape. 
duct tape, whatever it is, just close it up. That's what I do with Penny the pop-up. I make sure all of those holes are covered. She has stayed leak-proof. She has. and no no cover. No mice. Every year I'm like, oh my gosh, is there going to be mice in her? She has stayed vermin-free, which is a really important thing to me. I feel like such a cheapskate, but I just don't want to buy a $200 cover for a $1,000 pop-up. The math doesn't work out for me. But also, Mark said, you know what? You just need to buy mousetraps. Like, and, and like, a, I mean, I have them in my garage. Right. Why wouldn't like, I have them in my RV? He's like, that's the best thing. So trap the mouse so that if something does get in, it gets trapped the end and it won't cause all the damage that it can and cause. That brings up another tip. And I know everybody's situation's different, but you should be visiting your RV as much as possible. Now, if it's in your driveway, you want to make sure that you're, I don't know, every two weeks, Steph, at the very least once a month that you're if walking it's in your inside. Driveway. If it's in your driveway. I feel walking like if it's inside, in your driveway every two weeks, pop your head in, look around. But if you store it somewhere, it might be more like once a month, right? But I think it's tempting for people that store it to just like drop it off and come pick it up five months later. I would make the day trip, even if it's an hour away, and just check on it a couple times if possible. Maybe make some hot chocolate out there or make a day of it. Uh, I just feel like keeping your eyeballs on the RV is a really great strategy for keeping it in good condition. All right, but don't spill any of the hot chocolate in the RV to attract the that vermin. That was Wesley, not me. <laughs> okay, like if you're going to do that whole thing. You brought, right. you brought hot chocolate on the last camping trip and the kids were like, it was like the best thing ever. You know, it doesn't take a lot to, to make hot happy. Hot chocolate on an RV trip is just better than hot chocolate at home. All right, we have a couple of more quick tips, but we want to pause and thank our sponsor, Thetford. They are the industry expert and innovation leader and they've made RV travel a more pleasant experience for over 50 years. They also have all the products you need to get your RV ready for the sleep, right? For the big sleep out there. They so, should make that for any freeze. I, I don't think they have that. Oh, well, maybe that. Well, maybe we should pass along we'll the suggestion. Well, here's the thing is I think that a lot of people think when they open up their RV in the spring, they're like, oh, I'm going to wash and wax and do all this spiffying up. But really, Mark Polk has emphasized this too. It's just as important to do that in the fall when you're putting your RV to sleep, right? You really want to make sure it is completely clean, that you've really given it a nice, good coat, right, to deal with the winter weather and everything. So a lot of that stuff that you're doing in the spring, you need to do in the fall as well. And Thetford has all the right products for that. That's basically when I do do things like clean the roof. I mean, I do it before closing it up, and I do it when opening up. I should probably add that The awning, right? I I always clean the awning before winterization. And Thetford has the products for that. Now, the important thing to know is that Thetford makes products that are safe and effective for your RV. There are many products out there that you can get for cheaper and that may do damage to the outside of your RV. Thetford guarantees that its products are developed to be safe with RV, you know, materials. And that's really important to us. Rubber seals and things like that. And we personally use them. A couple more tips, things that you should really do before you um, winterize the rig. You want to climb up on the roof and you want to make sure there is no damage done, no places where there could be leaks. If you got to patch anything up, patch it up because the rig is going to be sitting there all winter and a leak could develop and do a lot of damage. That's when most often the most damage is done in an RV is in storage over the winter in the roof. Because the leak can just develop and keep yes, doing and it damage. just goes and goes and goes. So we've had even our um, mobile RV guy, I think he did it last year. Did he come over last oh, year? Oh, I have him check the roof once a year. And he went up there and he actually, I was home working inside and he came and knocked on the door and he's like, let me show you what I did. And he showed me a little spot 
up on the roof and he said, I'm not sure what this is. I'm not sure if it was actually he goes, but I just went ahead and right. cocked it up and everything. And it was just a. And this is the case where an ounce of prevention really is worth like 10 pounds of cure. Another case where that same um, statement applies is in storing your batteries properly for the winter. So if you just leave your batteries on the RV for the winter when the RV is not in use regularly, you're going to really diminish the battery life. So you want to pull those batteries out. You want to store them and you want to have them on one of those battery Battery minders type of of systems so they don't just go dead. Now, we don't have to worry about that, right? That is a really nice thing about the the AGM batteries for the solar. I mean, they're really kind of maintenance-free batteries. And in any area where I can have something that is sort of maintenance-free, I I really like that. So it's a major perk of the solar system. And by maintenance-free, you mean that we don't have to worry about water levels in them, and we don't have to worry about temperatures. They don't freeze. I don't have to take them out in the winter. Right. So they just get to stay there. So that has been a very nice perk. But if you have a more traditional you know, RV marine battery, you are going to have to worry about that. And I think it was really funny. I have no idea why we were talking with our um, walkthrough service tech about this a couple weeks ago, but he specifically was saying that every single time people are like, my battery only lasted me a year. My battery only... He's like, it's always because they don't maintain the batteries right. correctly. And like, think, they're not going to last said, five if years. You maintain them, if you maintain them regularly, he they'll last five, five or six years. If you don't, they could die in like two years. Yeah, he said nobody nobody really takes care of their batteries, and that's why they don't last well, five they years. Can, they can become a little dangerous, too, <laughs> Actually. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, highly recommend again that's something that in the show notes for the original longer winterization podcast that we did, I even had a link to a tire minder, I mean a battery minder that you could get for this. Um and I'll throw in here, we're talking about maintaining batteries, but you know, there's generators out there too. And I specifically asked our walkthrough guy, oh, should we be now making sure we turn on this generator throughout the winter? And he's like, Yeah, you probably want to do that come out run it kick it up see the nice thing for us is that even if we're not camping a lot in the winter or maybe for stretches we're not camping at all we still go out and use the rv we'll do a movie night or we'll do a facebook live for the rv atlas or whatever so we are just constantly out there eyeballing it and making sure everything's working correctly now i think we need to address our philosophy on the whole cover or don't cover Um, the rv do we have one oh i don't think there's a definitive answer here i feel like we're in default on this i'll tell everybody what what I do, I guess, because we do camp sometimes in the winter and mm-hmm. because we do go out and do videos in the RV or a Facebook Live for Go RVing or something, I don't, we don't cover the RV. No, it wouldn't work. Because I don't want to have to cover it and uncover it. No, and, cover and even it and the ones it. with the door that you can unzip, then it closes off the rest of it and it makes it very dark inside. And I like to be in our RV in the winter sometimes for a lot of different things that we do. Right. So now, I don't want that. If we truly were not using, the RV mm-hmm. for months at a time. I really think that a covering yes. it is makes sense. Now, the result for six years we did not cover the White Hawk, and the front cap did fade. The paint job did mm-hmm. fade fairly badly. So the to octane per- looked good though. After the octane two looked years. really good after yeah. two years. It looked brand new. But you could kind of do like a wax coat on it or something like that if it's in direct sunlight to kind of help help avoid the paint from diminishing badly. That's really, I think, the worst thing that can kind of happen if you don't cover it. Now, another weird thing with me and... Uh, you could cover your tire. We could cover our tires. Yes. We could we, like go halfway, right? Yes. And be like, okay, well, we're I not covering our Harvey, but we could put the tire covers on. <laughs> I might be weird this way. And if anybody thinks I'm totally wrong, send me an email. If I stored my RV for months at a time, 
I would actually leave it uncovered, as counterintuitive as that sounds. I would worry about some part of it whipping around or it ripping or blowing off or water getting trapped inside of it. Like if I'm not able to look regularly at it, I would almost rather have it uncovered. It's a little counterintuitive. Yeah, like but I'm processing. In my driveway, if I know I'm not gonna use it for four months of winter, I would have it covered because every day I'm gonna come home from work and I'm gonna make sure that the cover's on okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm weird. Maybe I'm weird. It's a weird it's a little bit of a weird thing. Like I think that you would I think that you would just invest in a really good quality cover that you believed in. <laughs> you felt confident. Sounds like the motto for a cover company. <laughs> gonna, this the Arbialis is brought to you by the good quality cover. <laughs> that's our that's our latest sponsor. The good quality cover you can believe in. <laughs> we did get when we had the pop up camper. We covered it. It was so easy to cover. Yeah. I mean, like you could cover if you had a smaller rig, like cover it, right? Because yeah. if you ever want to take the cover off, I mean, putting a cover on a big rig is not. It's, it's not, not the most fun, fun job thing. ever. All right. So those were our. Five quick tips, which was kind of like 10 tips, I think, really, if you kind of... We can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves, but add a bunch of tips. But go back to the... Go to the yes. rvatlas.com to the show notes here, and you could link to the blog post about all of Mark Polk's additional tips. And that was a really good podcast where he goes into even more detail than this episode, which was really just some quick tips and reminders. And for any of you that don't know, Mark Polk is, for us, our favorite expert on this, on RV maintenance. He breaks it down. He knows everything he's talking about. He has great courses and videos if you want to learn about any of this. So he really is our go-to expert, and he's really the one that we recommend. So Do we still have a coupon code for his courses? I don't know. I think so. But I'll RVFTA link to it. might work. Might, might. You could try it. But I'll link to it because I think um, Don Polk actually gave me a bunch of links that had like a built-in 15% discount code. Oh. So I can like go back and put that into the show notes. This. That's They're very nice people. They at. do things like that. Yeah. You know, all you podcast listeners out there who listen to every episode or a lot of the episodes or whatever, you know, we really, really appreciate you. But also the show notes are great because we also, we oftentimes do pack in some additional information oh, or take go a there approach. because somebody on our Facebook group the other day was like, Somebody said, oh, what are you going to name it? And I had actually put the name in the blog post of she the podcast that I had published like an hour previously. And somebody was like, oh, no, she said it. It was at the bottom of the show notes. It and was she like said a nice reminder. Yeah, people yeah, actually I was like, do. oh, no, somebody went right there but and we saw have it. great traffic on the website. And like uh, we, the way we're doing it is like the podcast is its own thing. And then the blog post, a.k.a. the show notes, is its own living, breathing thing, too. And so it's worth taking a visit to the website and checking it out, too. All right, everybody. Now, after you... You de-winterize your RV. We'll see you at the campground. And don't get depressed. Just book a whole bunch of trips. And all you people you. in Florida, you don't need to jump online and tell us all oh, how everybody you, in our you group, they love to tell like us in that Texas they don't have to winterize. Yeah. Like, oh, my camping season's just starting. It's their favorite thing to they talk love about. It. They wait all year to do that because it's like it's so hot. It's their favorite time of In the year, summer. Yeah. yeah. It would all be right. nice to live somewhere where you could RV year around. We'll see you at the campground. Okay. See you at the campground. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas. And a big thanks to the sponsors of this show, Jayco, Bass Pro Cabela's, Thetford, Go Power, and Go RVing. 
We appreciate their support in creating educational and inspirational RV content. You can also find links to everything mentioned in this episode over at rvfta.com, plus hundreds of blog posts on everything from gear recommendations to our favorite camping recipes. If you enjoy our show, please leave us a review wherever you listen and make sure to get social with us on Facebook at The RV Atlas and on Instagram at Jeremy and Stephanie. Plus, we've got the friendliest campers around in our private Facebook group. So check it out. Until next time, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Stephanie. And we'll see you at the campground. See you at the campground. Thank you.